Thank I'm going to be down in front. Thank you, Father Anthony. God bless you. Good to have you with us. I'm honored. Good evening. Ooh, that's a, that microphone's on. Wow. I suspect very seriously that I will not need it. That's all right. We will use it. We will say, we will justify it by saying it's for the recording. Shall we say it for that? Okay. It is a particular honor for me to, uh, to be here and to speak to the parish here in Athens, especially on your name day as you begin to celebrate your name day and all day tomorrow. Um, because I am a convert priest, I get to learn about these wonderful saints afresh and anew. And so, those of you who have grown up in this faith your entire life, you've heard the story of St. Philothea over and over and over again. You know it very, very well. But for those of us that are new to the faith and we've discovered it, I always always consider myself very much like um, uh, an adopted child. I wasn't naturally born, but uh, I was chosen. And so I'm very grateful to God for that. So I um, have been enjoying very much getting to know the story of St. Philothea. And it fit, fits very, very well in the subject that I want to talk with you about tonight. Because it is... A particular joy, having been an evangelical Protestant all my life and now coming to the Orthodox faith, to have my mind changed about some very fundamental things that I thought I understood my whole life. In fact, as I thought about the subject I was going to talk with you about tonight, I thought about myself as a young boy. And I got in trouble at school, in elementary school. And my principal, my principal called my mother... My mother was a single mom, and so she was called, and I, went, got, home, I got home and got on the bus, and uh, my mother told me that uh, my aunt was watching us, and so my mother said, when you get home, you just go to your room and wait till I come home. Well, you know, as a child, as a little boy, and you're, as you're sitting there in the room waiting for mom to come home, or waiting for dad to come home, or waiting however, you, however your, your situation was, you know, that wait felt like an eternity because you knew what was going to happen. And I knew what was going to happen. I was going to have the rod of justice applied to the posterior of my body. <laughs> and great shall be the fall thereof. But I remember my mother saying, Honey, the Bible says, Beat your child with a rod. He shall not surely die, but you shall save his soul from hell. And I always remember thinking to myself, well, I'm going to holler like I'm going to die. <laughs> that waiting period to receive punishment. For years in my life, that's what I thought the judgment was. For years in my life and going up, growing up in, in the world that I grew up in, in the Protestant, the Pentecostal world, judgment was about punishment. Judgment was about God setting things right. Judgment was about them getting theirs. Judgment was about escaping, if, we, if, if my theology held true. I needed to escape judgment. I needed God to come and rescue me from judgment because God really wanted to wear me out. He really wanted to punish me. But I hid behind Jesus and the Father didn't punish me anymore. What a joy! to discover that that is nowhere near the idea 
of the ancient faith. Talking about a... But dear ones, think about it in our own lives. In our own lives, we sometimes are still gripped by that childish notion of judgment. We pray every week in our precious divine liturgy for a right answer before the awesome judgment seat of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. What does that mean? Why are we doing that? Because you see, dear ones, the glorious good news of the ancient, precious, orthodox Christian faith is that judgment is not about punishment. Though to those whom it falls on, it will feel like punishment. I never will forget my mother trying to explain to me, this is going to hurt me more than it does you. I never got that. It didn't feel like that was true at all. And yet I remember her punishing me and big tears rolling down her eyes. Because it did hurt her to have to punish her child. But she did it because she loved me. You see, dear ones, the miracle of the Orthodox faith is that God is not the ultimate killjoy. God is not the cosmic party pooper. God is not the angry terrorist just waiting to throw us into hell. That is the pagan notion of God that thankfully God has rescued me from by moving me to this precious and glorious and beautiful Greek Orthodox faith. The pagan notion of God was we were constantly having to do things to keep God off our back. To appease God. To make God happy. If I do a hundred matanyas, will you leave me alone now? Why, dear hearts, don't we fall into that trap now? Aren't we constantly tempted by our own childishness and our own fear? To reduce serving God to just doing just the bare minimum to finally skirt underneath the gate and get into heaven and say, made it. The sad reality is, dear ones, the sick poverty of almost orthodox is a sickness that invades our own pews. Now I talk to you as one untimely born into this precious faith, and so please forgive me if I step overstep my bounds. I beg your forgiveness. But it is not ever enough to reduce our faith to the happy accident of our birth. It is never enough to wear our orthodoxy as a badge of honor simply by accident. For those of you who have been blessed to be born in this faith your entire life, I ask you, have you taken the reins of the treasure you were born with and taken it seriously? For those of us who through no fault of our own stumbled into the front door of the Orthodox Church, not realizing if you would have told me 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that I would be an Orthodox priest standing up here draped in this clothes, I'd have told you you were crazy. Because I was just as country as cornbread and I was a Pentecostal preacher and we were about ready to launch a TV ministry at the parish of the church I was serving. And we, oh, my dad was broken hearted when I told him I was going to become Orthodox. He said, son, why would you become Jewish? <laughs> when 
I don't blame him. Y'all didn't come get him. Y'all stood, stayed nice and hid. Gotta hide. What if the Xeni find us? That's the reason why at our parish in coming, I have put on our church program every week and on our, our church stationery. We are an intentional Orthodox Christian community for North Georgia. The way you can take the teeth and the fear and the childishness out of coming to the appointment that every one of us in this room will come to, and that is that final judgment, that awesome judgment seat of Christ, you will stand there one day. It will happen, honey, just as sure as the world. Take it to the bank, start drawing interest on it. It is going to happen. Every one of us are going to face it. No exceptions. You're not going to get out of this, folks. You're going to run. In fact, every one of you sitting in this room right now are rushing headlong to an appointment you will keep. Some of us sooner than others. The only salvation that we have in facing that reality, I mean, I mean right now, the only rescue that we have to escaping the childish notion of judgment as nothing but punishment, to escaping the silly notion of neglecting the precious orthodox faith that we've had our entire lives, some of us. If you can tell, I am a little jealous of you. <laughs> wished I'd have got here quicker, folks. I'm telling you right now. I wished I'd have got here quicker. I think of the years... I think of the years that I missed being in this holy place. And I grieve over it. And I confess to you, I get a little bit bent out of shape when I see Orthodox Christians who've had this treasure their whole lives treating it as if it were nothing. How dare you? How dare you? I would have given anything to be in your place and you treat it as if it were nothing. How will you have the right answer when you come before the awesome, awesome judgment seat of Christ? You will have that right answer, dear ones, when you begin to grasp and grip and take hold of the precious treasure that you have in realizing that God is not about punishing you, but about telling you the truth about yourself. Tomorrow morning we will hear the gospel lesson that will say that they will come before our Lord Jesus and He will put the sheep on His right hand and the goats on His left hand. Notice that our Lord doesn't have a magic wand in His hand turning people into sheep and goats as they get there. Oh, you look like you'd be a good sheep. No, no, you're, you're, you remind me of a goat. Let's make you a goat. No, He doesn't do that. They show up as what they already are. And dear ones, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to show up before the awesome judgment seat of Christ like we really are. The judgment seat of Jesus Christ is not about God opening the books and saying, Oh, he broke the rule there, she broke the rule there. And measuring out, oh, if we've done enough good works to offset our bad works. No. The judgment seat of Christ is a moment of revelation when you see yourself and the whole world sees yourself as you really are. No hiding place. The Apostle Peter describes it as this, that they on that day that they will run to the mountains and they will beg the mountains to hide them from Him who comes. But there will be no hiding place. The grown-up, the mature, 
The orthodox understanding of the last judgment is not about punishment. The grown-up, mature, orthodox good news is that I get to go before God and be who I really am. And it will tell the tale, dear hearts, whether I love Him or love myself. If I love Him, I will long to be in His presence. If I love myself, I will beg to hide from Him. But there will be no hiding place. And so the church in her love for us gives us treasure after treasure after treasure after treasure through prayers and liturgies and great Lent and all of the disciplines of the faith that we grumble under. Oh, why do we have to do that? Can't we make this thing a little easier? But the church gives us all of these treasures that if we will finally delve into them and take them seriously will give us all the tools we will ever need to shape our inner life so that when we stand before Christ on that day, we will be a sheep and not a goat. We will be a gentle lamb longing to be with our shepherd and not a goat constantly kicking to have our own way. We are about to step into Great Lent, holy friends. Great Lent will give us opportunities to practice the three great disciplines of Lent, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. I want to challenge you this year. Be orthodox on purpose. Don't just count on your bloodline to get you in. Be orthodox on purpose. Take your faith seriously. Because there are hundreds of thousands of us out there just waiting for you to shine bright enough so that we can find our way home. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.